Hey guys, welcome. Holy shit, sorry about that. Fuck. It's too early to be that loud. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got to put my inside voice on. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 157 for Jump Street, the live episode. This is our third time doing this at Winter Clash, right? Is this our third? Probably, yeah. I think sounds, so. sounds about right. I'll take so it. So thank you very much for joining. You guys excited for this podcast today? Make some noise. We got Julian Cadeau. Come on up. Hello, everyone. Can we believe you went five years without having you on the show yet? Like the most, one of the best skaters out nowadays. So thank you, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for, for doing this with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I guess Winter Clash is a good opportunity for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, start off, we're here at Winter Clash with everybody. You've won numerous times already. Um, this is no new feat for you. How does it feel being back again here in 2024? Yeah, of course. Does it... Uh, like, are you excited about it? What's what's going on? Are you trying to win today or tomorrow or what? Uh, basically, every comp I enter, I I, I try to win. So <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of used of the pressure. The pressure is always there, even if it's a small, a big comp. I always have pressure, but I, I I noticed in the last years that the more important comp is to me, the more stress I get. Like right right before, so obviously Winter Clash is is one of them. So I guess uh, I'm in for for a ride tomorrow. We, we talked about it a little bit yesterday during the movie time, but you, you competed with Brian Aragon here a long time ago. Not at this one. It was in Germany, I think. Yeah, in Milohausen. Yeah. So what, what was that experience like, one of your earliest uh, Winter Clash experiences? And a lot of the time, people first heard you and first recognized you uh, coming to prominence. What was that experience like? Yeah, that, that's one of the craziest and most spontaneous experience as well. And everybody asks me about this all the time. And it's like... I have no words for that because I was so, so young and it was like so, so unexpected and spontaneous at the same time that it was, it, it just happened. And when I think about it, I'm like, what, what the fuck? And it was my first comp entering as a, as a pro because I, as I said yesterday, I turned pro like the year before in the ASA winning the amateur world championship. And then the, I think the first comp I went to was Winter Clash. So I had to skate it as a, as a pro, you know, and then I ended up battling with Brian that was like, what the fuck? And he, he, he wasn't, he's still my favorite skater of all time. So that was even an extra cra crazy, crazy thing. But what is funny is like this year at Winter Clash, it was, I think, first time people were seeing Nils Johnson as well. He was as small as me. Like we were both really, really small. How old were you at that time? I think I was not that young. Like I think I was 17 or something like that. But I was really, I was looking younger than. Than, than 16 or no, wait. you looked like you were like no, 13. I yeah, no, I was 14. Okay, I was 14 because I turned pro 13 years old 2006 and that was 2007. Yeah, I was 14 and I think it's the same same age. And yeah, we, we both kind of show up this the same time at Winter Clash. It's pretty funny. It's crazy to think about that you were 14 then. I think because of that, you've been in the in the eye of skating for so long that. It, it seems like you're older, but you've just been going at it for so long since you were young. Yeah, and that's I, it. I feel like that uh, event with Brian Aragon kind of set your trajectory up for how you were to skate contest in the future. Did that give you that experience, give you more confidence going forward and to win other competitions in the future? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it starts like this. So you got to stay like this on the minimum, if not getting better. So, yeah, that was. That was my expectations was forever this level and I experienced to 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 battle against this level so that was the best way to to go on this to go on this level and 
That's what I'm still trying to do. I we just had like a quick conversation before we started. You were telling me I find it hard to believe that it's hard for you to skate in front of crowds like this, but you're known for skating and all these massive contests, even like feasts, winter clashes, you know, all those things. But you're telling me when you skate a street or by yourself, you're actually shy in front of a lot or like overwhelmed by all these people. How do you challenge that from skating personally by yourself and skating in contests like this? Are you talking more about like like the crowd, like people watching or like skating with a crowded skate park like Winter Clash with a lot of people skating at the same time? Like, because it's two different things. Like the people who watch, like skating in front of people watching you or just like skating in a crowded skate park? What, what, you, what you're asking for? Yeah. I'm just saying we were talking about, I found that hard to believe that you don't like skating in front of crowds or with a lot of people. But I, I love it, like but it's, it costs me a lot of stress. Like I, yeah. I was saying before, like every comps I enter, I get stress. And one reason of the stress is like skating in front of, of everybody. Yeah. So, but it is what it takes to, to do comps. And I'm a, a competitor and I, and I love it. So I just go, I just go through it. Yeah, that's, I, I, I can see that a lot of people get stressed when it comes to skating events. Sometimes they don't do it. But it seems like you rise to the occasion with that. And sometimes the stress can help. Do you find the stress is helpful when you're skating the competitions? I, I think so, because I, I have done pretty good on competition so far until now, and I have stress all the time. So I guess it's a, it's a good thing, and it's a common thing to, to say that like if you don't have stress, it's like maybe you don't care enough. So I mean, I wish I, I had no stress, but <laughs> it is the way it is, and it works. So yeah, I'll stick with stress for now. It would, it would be weird. But, but wait, sorry, no, I, I have some friends who are some good competitors, and they, to they told me that they don't stress at all. So it's not necessarily like a, necess a necessary thing to, to do good. Because I, I know some who, at least they tell me they don't have stress and they still do good often. I guess it depends on the person. Yeah. And it, you see like different competitors in different fields act differently. And uh, some people, the stress helps. Some people go in completely relaxed. I can't understand going in relaxed. That's kind of, that's kind of crazy to me. But... We talked about yesterday how uh, you really love street skating as well, but I think you're known for you know being so successful in competing, like we were just talking about. Yeah, sure. um, did you find like you had to separate that, like you had to prove like I need to make street parts and I have to define myself as a street skater, or is that something that just came naturally? I needed to prove since since I discovered street, but I needed to prove it to myself because. I remember I my maybe the first street video I saw was coup de tat, but at this time I was still beginning, so I, I didn't really pay attention to that. I was really like a newcomer. And then I started getting better at skate park and then I discovered straight jacket and that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. So since this day I was it was like the most important thing to me. The most important doesn't mean the thing I do the most. Because I, I always say skate park is fun, is comps, is like uh, shows, stuff like that. Mostly fun, but street is like uh, it's about being proud of what I of what I do. You know, like I'm always ten times more proud when I do a, a street trick that I wanted to do before than a, than a skate park trick. Like it's it's so much harder for me yeah. because I, I don't come from it. So I, I got it took me it took me a lot of time to know to learn how to save to get used to it when i don't street skate for even three months and i go back to it i'm like fuck i need to do all of this again you know and i have some friends street skater they can not street for six months they come back it's the same that is what it is for me at skate park i can i cannot skate skate park for six months i come back 
and I can throw a double backflip. I'm st I still know where I am, stuff like that, because I've been doing this all my life, with and without skates. Street skating, if I if I don't do it like um, not every day, but you know a lot, I, I kind of lost it. So. Yeah, that, that's, really, that's the thing for yeah, me. That's really interesting to hear because watching your street parts, you look very comfortable out there, um, especially like there's a lot of like big rails in your parts, huge kink rails, and that's something like super high level you have to be comfortable to do, but it makes sense. Yeah. Do, they're, they're my favorites, big rails, stuff like that, but I took a tons of tries, like really a lot of tries. Like I, I take my time. I, I mean, I, I guess we, we have to getting older as well to find other solution, other process to, to get there, because obviously we cannot do like a s such a big fall and do it again and again, so we gotta sometimes take more time. But sometimes it's like overusing the body, so it's hurting you in another way. So it's I'm always trying to find the balance and find new solution, new process to, to get where I wanna get. Do you prefer like filming an epic street part, or would you rather like win a massive contest like this or feast or something like that? No question, a epic street part, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing to compare, or to be honest. Do you have like a favorite trick that you've done over the years? I know you did that massive kink rail in South yeah. America. That, that stands out to me as one of the most epic tricks that you've done. Is there anything personally for you that you've done that stands in your mind? No, nothing come to my mind ex except this this rail. I don't have a favorite one, so I was keep thinking to the same one because, to be fair, I, I think it's just the the biggest I've done in terms of uh, dangerousness. And I was technicity because you get a balance, and the rail was kind of strange material and uh, size. So yeah, that would that would be the biggest. Mm. The I looked up soon on the big king rail we saw yesterday in the preview Genevise. I love that one, and I did some pretty good one in the USA between uh, FM Invitational and uh, Carriers Open, and I and I filmed those one. But it's gonna it's for a street project that's gonna take me years to realize if I if I even w when go through it. So I, I I can't tell the tricks right now. It's wow, it's gonna take years to make. Yeah, wow. I, I have a big project I want to make, and it would be like a big uh, worldwide street section with a lot of iconic spot and and big spot from all around the world. And I'm focusing on USA now, so that, that's what I, I took the opportunity last year to um, to stay in between the two combs to to start filming in California on my own and with the people I meet around there. And see, that, that was a couple of things I was going to want to ask you about because you've done so many projects recently. But you just mentioned the USA, and uh, we saw your part yesterday with Cymatics, and that you were skating in Texas. What's your experience been skating in the U.S., skating in Texas, skating with those people and the whole Cymatics experience? Every time I stay there for skating, I'm like, this is where I should uh, have born, you know, because <laughs> it's it's the shit. Like, you, you go out every day and street some perfect spot. I mean, that, that's my experience at least, and that, that's all I've been dreaming, like, all my kid life and even all my teenager and even my young man life, you know? And when I when I took this opportunity, those last two three years to go there once a year, stay around three weeks, two weeks, and have fun, get try to be you know a local in like taking a nice treatment, go be, being able to go street skate three four times a week, and that was that was the shit. That was living the dream. Yeah, that was what I expected. You know, even even better. So, yeah. I'm definitely gonna keep on doing this those years, and maybe at some point, maybe I would try to stay one year or some shit like this. We would see. Did you have goals growing up when you were first skating? Like you became pro at Eisenberg's when you were 13. 
when you knew that there was like some momentum building up, did you have goals that you've already achieved or exceeded at this point? Or more not, on the not, horizon? Yeah, not really. I was just doing comp mostly. So it was like this, comp after comp. Then I, I started to have the opportunity to travel, thanks to my parents and thanks to some people who were taking, taking care of me um, at the skate park I, I start. So yeah, it was just going back to back without questioning myself so much. It was just what I love to do and what I would do every day. Uh, then I start to pay attention to streets. So that's what I wanted to do. And then my indoor skate park closed. So that's where uh, my level um, went really up. Like I learned all my buzz, my buzz is there and I was good at spinning and stuff like that, but that was only ramps. And then we were just going there to have fun every day and we were not improving at all. Like when you, you get even the best skate park of the world in your place, at the end you just go and hang around and shit around, you, you don't improve anymore. So this is uh, this closed, but I was still into skating, so we started to go some different skate park, more street type, started to go some street skating as well. My friends where was, I was skating with were more street skaters, and they were older than I, so they were uh, had already better abilities to go on street rail and stuff like that. So yeah, that's how I, I uh, my, my level increased a lot and I started to do different stuff and kind of apply my abilities of skate park on the street and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the goal started to, to create by themselves. And it was mostly about like big section I'd like to make, big tricks, big spot I'd like to skate. But it was only dreaming. It was only dream because then I, I turned up being a, a teenager, starting to drink. So I kind of give, not give up on this project, but I was just not doing them at all. It was just in some part of my head, but I was just partying, uh, still skating some comb stuff like that. And then I, I quit drinking a few years ago, and then it all, it, all those dreams came back, and I was like, okay, um, I'm in shape now, so let's go for it. And I just started like this. I didn't know I didn't know you quit drinking, but it makes sense when you watch the your skating because you're insanely productive. And sometimes when people are partying a lot and then they cut that out, you see such a high like their skating change in so many different ways. Like Sean Kelso, he hasn't drank for like two years, and you could you could see he's just putting out like a ton of shit. But um, yeah, you're back to what you love like instantly. Like this shit can make you forget the the really rare thing you you love in life, and that was the case for me. Like. The only care I ever care about, the only thing I ever care about was inline skating, and I was forgetting about it. And same for family and stuff like that. So yeah, when you stop the, the shit, the shit you just you just back at, at you at yourself and you do it at your best. That's awesome, man. Um, and yeah, you were talking about how you were like able to be successful both in the comms and in the street. Uh, about productivity, you've put out so many different projects over the past two years. You went to Brazil to do a project. You went to, I think, somewhere else in South America. Yeah, the big project was Mexico. In Mexico? In Brazil, I did a small street video, but I was end of the. They, they lost my luggage in Mexico. I filmed it uh, for one month in a row in Mexico, and they lost my luggage uh, landing to, to to Brazil. So I was I was kind of fucked up arriving in Brazil, but I, I still made a little a little street section with Carlos Pianoski. Like a shared section, it was so much fun. I was gonna say, what? So, what's the process for you to make a project like this? Because obviously, you travel. Do you work with the same filmer? Are you working with other filmers? Like, how do you begin to take on a project like this? All of these projects we are talking about, they are all about opportunities and people um, sh face. Um, how do you say? It? Like, idea from somebody you know I, I met or a friend I got, and we just do something. Uh, Azardus, can I say that? By Azard, you know? 
like Mexico, I, it was not my plan. My friend uh, lives there and he say, wait, while you visit um, South America, you should go to Mexico, even if it's North America. And we, I would like to film a documentary about you and skating. I was like, okay, it's in some part of my head, I will see. And then it turns out that after the World Championship in uh, Argentina, my friend Fritz uh, from Carrier Skate Shop and uh, Cinematics uh, tell me he wants to do a comps in Dallas and he want to make me oh, come over there. So I was like, okay, let's do this like this. I will be close to Mexico and then I can visit my friend. Then I call my friend, okay, I'll be in Mexico if you're still down for this. And I go. I went there, it was his project. I was agree with it. And I told him, yeah, you're gonna film whatever you want. And if you get enough, good good for you, you can you can do it. And what happened is when I start do one cool street tricks, then I'm like, okay, I want to make a big street section. So that's what happened. He started filming, lifestyle, interview, blah, blah, blah. And then I started to have two or one very cool street clips I was happy about. And then I was like, okay, I want to give myself 100% to have a, a street section at the end of this project I, I'd be proud of. And Geneva is kind of the same. It was randomly street session with, uh, with Diego and our friend was filming us. And they was like, oh, we got some cool shit. We, we should do something out of it. Uh, yeah, let's have the interview stuff. Let's have this. But uh, yeah, so all of these projects were like only mostly spontaneous and around my travels and I don't know, a bit of the, the time. But um, the other one uh, uh, I was talking about, you know, the USA one I started to do. I had another one I want to do in, in Paris. Those ones are, are the, the main one that come all for me and that's something I'm only starting right now. And it's a, it's a big process. I, th I think it's so interesting that you say those are spontaneous because they look like they're a lot of work goes into it. Obviously, you've traveled overseas for it, but it's just so funny to hear that you make it spontaneous and you get a couple of tricks and one thing leads to another and then you feel like you have to film this whole part. They've all come out like incredible and you've done so much over the past couple of years. It's just been, you've been so busy. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there other places in the world that you want to film sections at? You did a lot of South America, Europe, USA, other places that you want to go to that you haven't been to yet? Actually, I can't think about other places because every place I go, I'm like, I need to go back. Uh, I need to go back, skate this. I need to go back, just enjoy this place because I love it. And yeah, for the, the worldwide street section I was talking about, for now, I'm just focusing on the spot I know I want to skate, like the iconic spot of USA, stuff like that. But I'd like to, you know, if I, if, if I wanted to make sense and real, for, for real be a, a worldwide street section, I would need to go at least on different uh, con continents. Do you say it like, that, like this? Yeah, yeah. Continents, yeah, like. Like South Africa, uh, Asia, of course. So yeah, I'm I'm for now focusing on the spot I know, like from USA and Europe, like the iconic spot I know from there. And then I would start to reach out for people, like, hey, do you know, do you know iconic spot over there? Do you know big spot there? I'm I'm trying to you know to go through this project. So you know, yesterday we did the movie premieres, and one of them was the Mesmer New York City premiere, and you were saying that it was so cool seeing the city that we grew up in. With all these other people in it, and like I'm, while you're saying this, I'm thinking about if you came to New York, like how crazy it would be to see you destroy all the New York City spots. Have you considered going to a place like New York, like all yeah, those of, iconic of spots course. and everything? Of course, I I don't have um, a, some particular iconic spot that I want to do or tricks I have in mind, but I got some spots that I want to skate for this video in, uh, in New York, and I was thinking. At the spot you you tried and Jeff tried, nobody did that, right? That's what I was um, thinking of as soon as the first crazy. spot that came to mind. Dude, please, uh, please end it. That would be so nice. Wait, you would do it? You would do it to the drop? I don't think I can do it. 
I've never been up there, but it looks so high. It looks like you you gotta jump over a rail to make it to a rail, and I don't like this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, I don't think I got it, but I mean, this part has been killed. Chris Farmer did 360 soul on the classic uh, curving yeah, pink rail. Yeah. I cannot do better than that, and I, I don't think I can do this rail. But if I go to New York to skate some iconic spot, I, I go have a look. Definitely yeah, gotta go have a look. I feel like if anyone could do it, it's you. It's like the it's, height of the ceiling. It's a crazy spot, man. <laughs> um, I feel like I gotta ask this question because you're one of the best, if not like arguably the best skater around these days. And it seems that you don't have a skate sponsor, which is so hard to believe. Is that by choice that you still ride Solomon's? Is that by choice? Do you, did no one ever, there's no opportunity ever come up? Is, like, can you touch on that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's not a, sh I mean, it's not a choice because to be honest, n no brands came to me and like proposed me something for since I've been skating Salomon. You know, I have some friend who works with Razors and stuff like that, so I'm talking with them sometimes, and they say, yeah, we would like to have you on the team, but we cannot pay for now or stuff like this. So, so yeah, then I'm, we, I don't pay interest to that anymore. I'm like, okay, I understand, but that that's that's not that's not good for me. So. The choice is to, that I just don't want to make what I do now on my skates for a brand without getting paid like a, a decent amount. So that would be the choice, but it's not even a question because nobody asked ask me for that. Maybe they know I, I've been saying this maybe too much and people know so they don't even ask. I, I don't know. No one has money. That's the problem. I know. So I'm not complaining. I'm not asking. I, I was going to say... Um you know, was there ever a point where a lot of people like it's the dream to make skating work as a job or to make money and you've been successful at some points in skating. Has it ever been something you've been able to do full time? Yeah, it, it is at the moment. I mean, it was almost all my life because I had a chance to live at a family house in, uh, in Paris. So I never had to pay a rent. So it was most of the that time. Helps. That helps a bit. That helps a lot, especially in Paris. I would not live in, in Paris otherwise. But I, I, moved, I moved off like a few, a few weeks ago because my brother went back and then I, I just left, left him my, my space and went to South of France, live with a friend. So those last year has been pretty successful that I managed to live only with uh, competition shows and the little contracts I had with uh, some with sponsor, um, closely sponsor, stuff like that and vid uh, little f video projects I made um, on VOD as well. Uh, before that, I was teaching, I was teaching uh, skating, skating class. And before that, I was just a, a teenager kid going, going away from home, doing some comps, coming back, spending all my money, coming home because no money more. That, I'm talking about it in, uh, in Foot Moon West. So that was the lifestyle, like just I get money, I go, I go away, I, I skate, I, I drink. I have no money, I come back home. Hey, Dad, <laughs> I'm here again. And and yeah, then I uh, I stopped alcohol. Um, I broke my knee because when I stopped alcohol, I was feeling like so powerful straight away. But I was just in my mind. My body was not ready. And I broke my knee at the Winter Clash in 2019. I was so juiced. Like I was, I was feeling like a kid again, you know, after 10 years being skating and drinking. So not at the same motivation at all. And I arrived at Winter Clash with this motivation, and I, that's when I started to skate Salomon. So I was, it was even, I was even lighter, you know. I was uh, feeling the, the yeah, the feelings from, from, from before. So I, I went too fast. I went too fast, and I broke my knee during the the final on the first minute, and 
after that, during my rehabilitation, I, I went through a um, teaching, teaching skating diploma because I didn't want, like, when I come back to skating, I have pressure that I need to win comps to, to, to earn money, you know? I wanted to be able to teach skating, like, chill and earn money this way. And in that way, I can make a comeback on competition in a, in a, in a chill way. Like, okay, I'm just going to give it a go, see how it is. I don't need to, to do good. I just... You don't have to worry about, uh, like, paying the bills or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did for two years. I was te teaching skating, like, four days a week and coming back to, to skating, basically. Com skate park, competition, second, and then street. And it went very well for the last two years. So then I decided to, to stop uh, teaching for the time I can afford it. So that's what I'm doing now for two years. And it works okay for now. So, yeah, I try to do it... Um, until until I can't anymore, and, and when I need more money, I'll be back to teaching probably, or I don't know, company doing some some stuff in skating. We'll see. I, you know, it's a. I think a lot of people wonder: Is it possible to have a job just in skating? And it it is possible, but it usually looks like that. You know, people are trying to skate. Sketchy. They're trying to skate competitions when they can. They put on VODs when they can, but they're also teaching when they can. They're doing shows, so that's like a whole area that's opening up, and that's what it usually looks like if someone's making a, a life out of skating. What's your experience with the shows? How is that? How has that been? What does that look like? I think I started with shows, even maybe even before competitions. Because um, as I was saying, I started in the biggest skate park of Europe back uh, back in the days, like almost 20 years ago. It was called Roller Park Avenue. Maybe, maybe you heard about, about it. It was in Rolling, the the video game. And it was a vert over there. And so when I start, some friends of Tychris was, uh, was over there and they started to help me and friends and they started to coach us for vert, only for vert. So I was taking vert lessons for, from the beginning. And then we started doing shows with them, and, uh, and I mean with Ty Chris team, and yeah, that's how I enter in the in the shows area. Uh, I did shows for all this area time um, from 2004 to 2007, something like that. Then on the vert? skate park, on, yeah, on vert. only on only on vert with uh, with those guys. And imagine learning vert with Ty Chris. <laughs> yeah, he was there often on the, not on the trainings or whatever, but on the shows he was often there. And then uh, this this went down for a little bit. And then I think I started to do some shows randomly for this and this. I remember I've been some doing some virtuals for Disneyland Paris, but it was with the, the with those guys as well. And then I did some show with Fizz, and they made me travel a lot for that, like in La Réunion, in, yeah. And yeah, and then here and there, and those last years I did some show with Nitro Circus and Cirque du Soleil, and that, that was quite a good uh, accomplishment as a as a showman. <laughs> I didn't know you did Nitro Circus. How was that experience? I almost didn't know as well. It was so Why? so random and spontaneous, like it was not on purpose. First time was in uh, in Paris. I uh, I asked I asked Chris like I saw you're coming to Paris. Can I come to try the try the ramp? So finally, he managed to make me come in, stride the ramp. So I tried with Chris Haffey. Yeah. Okay. I tried that. He told me no. Hmm? I tried that. He told me no. He told me no too first, but then I say, I say, I the first time I say okay, and he gave me free places to come see the show with my family. So it was nice from him. I was like, thank you, man. We we came see the show, and then they came back to Paris a few years after. So then I ask again, and he answers, uh, no, it's not possible. I, I was kind of pissed. So for once, I I didn't answer. 
And then I saw one week before there in London, and some random guy on skates use use the ramp. And I know he's a friend of a scooter rider, so I'm like, okay, if he can, of course Chris can make me, and he's like, he's here for for a long time now. He's he's important to the Nitro team, so they gotta listen to him. So I, I send him another message, and I say, hey Chris, I'm sorry to bother again, but hey, uh, I'm Julian Kudo, you know me, I've been doing comps all over the world around you, and Paris is where I live. I know I can come try the run, please let me in. And he say, yeah, you're right, come. So I, I come in, he, he feed me, he helped me, he teach me how to do it, and that was amazing, I was so juiced. And then he was, uh, he was, um, he was, um, he was leading me to the entrance to get some, um, some tickets to come back see the show. And then we crossed with the team manager. Uh, Chris Afi was turning team manager at this time, but he was not yet the official team manager. So we're crossing the team manager at the time. And the guy say, hey, wh where, are you, where are you going? You, you don't want to do the show? I was like, yeah, Chris, look at me too. I was like, you want to do the show? It's like, yes. Like, okay, show in one hour. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> so that's where, how it happened. It went well. So they, they asked me to come back the day after. I came back the day after to try the bigger the bigger ramp because there's two kind of ramp they're both huge but there is one who is even even more huge so the first day i didn't try the more huge one so i i take part in the show only on the normal one and they say tomorrow you come you take you try both ramp and then you do all the show so that's what i did it went well during the training and during the um, during the show i almost fucked up the whole show like we were doing a train and i was first of it doing a backflip drop and then going on the jump with all the Nitro team following me. And uh, all sports? So, so you mm? you're All sports. Ryan Williams in, in my bag, the, 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 leg, the scooter legend. But you say you start from the platform to backflip in? In drop in, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like you skate forward to backflip? Yeah, yeah. Like I, a video game. I think and that's why were, they asked me to do the show. And you're the first one to of the train. I, I think, yeah, yeah, I was the first. Uh, I think um, I thought you asked if I was the first to drop back. Yeah. I, I think, yes. And I was the first of the train, and yeah, the ramp is so big that you gotta focus on it like m centimeters after centimeters. But it's so well done that you you forget that you're going so fast, and that's what that's what happened. Because I, I did it the day before, and it was okay. And so I was, I was like, okay, I focus on my backflip, then I focus on the jump to do a, a nice looking double backflip. But my mistake was to not focusing on the on the end of the of the run up. So I go, I do a backflip, everything's alright, and then I, I don't really look and and focus on the on the run up. I just focus on the jump. And then when I arrive down, my leg cannot handle the pressure because I, I was not focusing on it and not expecting it. So my leg start to to go like this. I, I I manage to balance and stay on my feet, but then the jump is coming, so I lose my balance again. And there's Ryan Williams, like, and all the teams oh, with no. BMX in my back. And so I lose my balance again going up the, um, the launch box, uh, the, um, yeah, the jump. And then I, I finally collapse and I do a split on the, on on the jump. Yeah, oh, my, my oh. balls always almost touch, no. touch it. And then I go front flip, but, and I that fall in the hole. Yeah. Oh, no. And I fall in the hole and everybody goes over me. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. It's like a I video game. Tear, I tore muscles, but I was okay. You tore something? Yeah, I tore muscle from here, so I was out for for three months. But it was, it was not so bad for. for I mean, they put the guy who only has one day experience going first in the train. That's pretty nuts. They're they're pretty crazy. I I figured it out those last, like I, I was kind of wondering after I saw the first show, like 
how crazy they are because they do some crazy shit. Like in their show, they show some, some right in the show in front of everybody, they show on the screen some video of one of the team member getting tetraplegic in a live show that happened, you know, one year ago. So, okay, look, this guy, he tried this for World First two years ago and if he broke his back. And That's how he now he's going to be the first one to do a, back, a tetraplegic backflip on the bike. And the guy just come in with a bike and a fucking, you know, installation for 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 tetraplegic people on the on the FMX and he does it and he does a backflip with the with, with the like it's, it's like it's mental. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It was just like, wow, that's that's a lot. That's crazy. And yeah. I, I'm sure I was just thinking about it before you had the before you had the gig. You were doing the backflip off the platform into the before I had what before they gave you the job before they hired you to do the shows. Yeah. You were doing the backflip off of the platform into the thing. I, I did it in the training. I, yeah, I, so they were definitely like, okay, we have to hire you. You're doing. Crazy. I think that's why. I think that's why they asked. Yeah, because uh, I I know they were pretty uh, surprised about me doing this, and they're they're not surprised so often. <laughs> how how was it working with all the other sports like the skateboarders, scooters, BMX? I think in there in the Nitro Circus, did they all welcome you in? They're like, oh yeah, we need this guy. This is awesome. Yeah, they're they're all beasts. Uh, to be honest, they're all so cool. Some are like, you know looking not not party like drinking but like looking like party guy like hey you know so i don't know how you say that ex extraverty yeah yeah and some are more calm but they're when you cross some eyes of anyone they're all like nice you know like nice looking like in a good 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 attitude like welcoming you making you feel comfortable whatever is their personality you know like it's there was there was a very there was very good surrounded for for that and they and they tell you what to do you know like a I, I ask, you know, I'm not afraid to ask when I don't know. So I was like, yeah, how fast I'm going to go, how fast I should drop in. And, and they know, you know, I, even if they're doing different like skate or BMX, they, they, they know. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, making you, they're making you feel good. They show you, they help you. So, yeah, that's good. That's cool. It goes to show you, too, that persistence is key. It's important to be persistent. It took three messages to happy, but you, you, you finally yeah. broke in. I, sh I should have tried more than once. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, that kind of reminds me of something else about talking about gear, like your skates and stuff. Because I know you ride freestyle, and I don't picture anybody riding a mega ramp freestyle. How, and especially with the tricks that you do in skating and contests like this, how do you get away with riding freestyle when most people would want as, much, as many wheels as possible to get as fast as they can go? I think Takashi Azutoko was skating freestyle on the verts at some point. Maybe not freestyle, but anti-rocker, you know? That's I think he was. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think he was. I, I think he's not anymore. But I I don't think you're taking way m so much more speed with that. I think it's just a different way of, of skating, like more comfortable, maybe easier to turn around, feeling just softer, feeling better. But um, I've tried it like I, I haven't tried it a long time because I'm I'm not patient. If I don't like it straight away, I'm not gonna go for it. So I'm not, I'm not very well placed to talk about it. But from what I witnessed, I, I didn't feel like I was going faster. I just felt that it was way different. So I got it. Why why well people love it? But but I I don't I'm not sure it's about speed. And also I'm from the old school. Old school, uh, old school way, which is old school way for for me. I, I mean, it may be not for everybody, but when I grew up, uh, I was watching like Stefan Alfano and Roman Godner, and those guys were just about their legs and their and their will. You know, like they were 
they were running on the skate park and taking their speed, whatever, whatever it takes, whatever the ground it is. They never change their wheels. They never care about this. They don't know how to change wheels at uh, even some. I, I, I sometimes I count as well, and. I think that's how I just uh, built, built myself and learned how to use the ramp at the, at the most advantages and go through the swirl ride. And sometimes you, you don't need that much speed. Like when I sometimes I saw on the on the skate park, people are gonna run their ass off to get to the most the highest obstacle, but it's not the way. If you just go with the the amount you need, like which sometimes it's less, but you just use the ramp to to the maximum. You know, it's just about using the ramp. To the maximum and throwing your body at the at the right time, and it's it's even way more safe. That that's what I learned recently. I mean, uh, that's what I've been learning all my life. But that's what I put words on words on recently. Like now, I, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's crazy that you were doing vert shows too. Not a lot of people do all three. Have like the vert, the skate park skills, and the street skills. To have all three is like a rare thing if you look for it. Do you still train on the vert? Do you still get on a vert ramp? And are you, do you still feel comfortable on a vert ramp? Uh, I only train vert when I know I'm I'm going to have a show in vert. So there's no vert. There's no vert where I live. There's almost no vert anywhere. And yeah, it's a pity, but it's kind of, uh, of dead. While I, I don't understand why, because it's it's the most impressive, you know? I mean, at least for, for people who doesn't know about skating, it's the... It's the most impressive discipline, not only of inline skating, but of only uh, extreme sport. Like if you put skateboarders, BMX on a vert, they, they do well. It's impressive, but they're really limit, lim limited, you know, like they, they, it didn't went really better since maybe 10 years. And sk in skating, it was just increasing on the on the vert, like the, the Yasutoko, the, the Brazilian, Marco Di Santi and stuff like that. Uh, I I don't know how it could took, took off from, from X Games. It was a the the best show of everything was happening there i think no i agree and it's it's funny because we're at a point because blading really hasn't been in the x games for a while that vert almost feels like it's like a lost art like not so many people are doing it as they were back in the day uh, obviously there's still the yasutokos out there and people that cross over but is it i was wondering it's something you feel like it's important right to what skating vert like or like vert being a part of rollerblading as I said before, it's never a plan or a goal to me. It's just like how it went. It's just how it went. So I'm so happy it went that way because afterwards I think it's it helps to be consistency on every type of thing to be able to skate everything. So I'm I'm sure it helped me. Uh, but I mean, it was it was not a goal. It was just like where I started, you know. And I, I'm proud of it, so I keep it with I, I keep it with me and take this opportunity to do it again whenever I can. So it's not often, but every time there's a vert ramp, I'm gonna go on the vert, skate with the vert riders for a bit because it's some crazy sense, some it's some crazy feelings. Uh, I'm a vert skater as well, so I, I wanna I wanna enjoy with with them for a little bit as well. But it's it's something vert. I, I often ask myself. What is most difficult between street skating and, and vert skating? And I can't find an answer because if you talk about the balance, I, I would say vert because in vert, any mistake is going to cost you because you're always three meters above the coping, you know? On street, of course, when you do the biggest stunts you've ever done, it's more dangerous than doing your air. But most of the time, you're just going to skate some ledges and stuff like that. So in this way, in terms of balance, I would say 
I would say vert is the is the hardest. It's it takes so much time to get used to it. And like when I started, when I was taking lessons of vert, my uh, my coach on vert was telling me all the airs you do on vert, the flips, you the spinning you do on vert, don't do them on a quarter pipe. You know, like he was not telling me to not skate park, but he was telling me when you skate a skate park or a mini ramp, grinds. Just do grinds, fun box, but don't do airs on a normal quarter pipe because when you would go back to vert, you can have this reflex and you will die. So it was like, don't mess with it. Just just separate it, you know? It, it makes sense because it's completely different, airing on yeah. a bird and airing on a quarter pipe. Uh, speaking of all the projects you've done, have you ever thought about like throwing a curve ball out there and making a vert project or a vert section ever? That would be pretty interesting. I'm I'm dreaming about skating. I'm daydreaming about skating all the time. So I've had some ideas like this, but it, it's not yet uh, a proper project that I want to make. Um, in one of the biggest projects I'd like to make, the biggest video I'd like to make, I, I think I'm gonna include some mega ramp. So it's not the vert, but you know, after the mega ramp comes the yeah. the mega vert. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the mega vert. I I think it would include one or two. I mean, a session on on this probably. I'd, I'd like to because it, it's so it, it's so impressive. You have access to a ramp like that? No, I'm thinking Woodward East, but I think we won't have oh, yeah. access anymore because they're taking off ska inline skating is no such a thing in uh, Woodward anymore. Well, it's we like could, not official. You could do like weekend visits, I think, apparently. We're I, trying to do I that think there. so. We, we, I, I've been visiting last year after Bittercourt, thanks to Jimmy Hake, yeah. but how, from, what he, from what I saw, even with his relationship with the people out there, it looks to be more and more sketchy with inline skaters. Yeah. Um, how do you train your tricks? Because you have the most extensive flip vocabulary I think I've ever seen. I don't even know half the tricks you do, honestly. You're just spinning and everything. Um, do you have like a resi pad or a foam pit by you that you practice these, or you just send it at contests? No, I, I've learned I've learned them from my whole career, you know? So I, I never throw a new one like this on wood. Uh, even the first time I went for backflip as a kid, there was a mattress on the fun box, and I I was lucky it was a mattress because I landed on my neck. And when I want to do some resi stuff or learn some new tricks, which is not that often because I I need to go to Adrenaline Alley in England. That's what I did the last five years, maybe once a year, some some things like that. But now they started to breed some around France. There's Antonia Vela who started to do some good stuff in uh, in South of France with nice razy ramp and stuff like that. But it's it's nice to try. It's nice to train on this, but it's it's always different. And everybody thinks I'm I'm so good with spinning and stuff like that, but I can't do nine and stuff like that because I go too much upside down. So. I when I get an opportunity of doing Rizzi, I'm tr I'm trying hard to get back those tricks that I was doing like 20 years ago. But since then, I I went too much upside down that now I, I can't do I, I can't do nine from the ground or from a, or from a bank, but I can't do nine on a on a vert when, when, on a, on a quarter pipe. Once you do that extra spin, you just start going upside down yeah. naturally. It's like yeah, <laughs> when I when I throw it more than a 540, 540 is alright, but if I go 720. I, I, I go like a fucking pet seal upside down, and it's, I hate that. It's just the body's natural reaction to doing flat spins and backflips for yeah, so long. Yeah, I think so. You know what? Uh, I, heard, reflex. I heard something. I don't know if it was a legend or some shit, but when I was doing those verts, those verts show all the time with uh, the Tychris team back in the day, they were they were saying that Tychris was doing so much Mac twist. Mac twist is like a front flip 180 on a, on the vert. He was doing it so much. That at some point he couldn't do an air anymore. He was going for air and he was doing a Mac twist. 
I, I don't know if it's a legend or not, but it, it kind of makes sense because I, I, I never been there, but I, I kind of guess the feeling of it. No, I, I think it makes sense, especially if you're doing yeah. if you're from doing nothing it a lot. to magtwist. It's not like a seven to a cross crew, you know. I mean, it's it's something. Chris Edwards told us on the show too. He was like, Maybe. Mick twists are super easy. Which is kind of makes sense, but also for people who don't skate vert like us, I feel like it doesn't make sense. So that's probably what Ty Chris had. Like, yeah. he got so used to doing this trick that was second nature that he forgot how to like air. Yeah, guess, it, you know? it's not a trick like you, like you, like you do part to part. You, you just some. I was doing my tricks forever without knowing how my body was spinning. You know, it's just a trick you do spontaneously, like you just throw it and it and you go back on your on your feet, but. For a long time, I was always trying to to see the spinning in my head, like spin by spin, you know, uh, second after second. But I, I couldn't visualize it. So that's the kind of, of thing you, you do, like, you know, like a reflex. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's funny that you said um, the we were talking about the mega ramp and you're talking about going out to Woodward East. You don't have any mega ramps out here you can try because it's funny to think that the first time you're trying to skate a mega ramp is at the nitro circus was that your first experience or have you skated a mega ramp before that i i think i skated only the mini mega from woodward east before nitro circus and nitro circus is nothing to compare because mini mega is not even about the size because i think the 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 huge one in woodward west like uh, that chris Haffey made this this crazy edit on it's like ten times bigger than the one in uh, in Woodward East. Yeah, it's they're, they're different. But it's still the same kind of ramp, like like the bigger stuff they do for X Games and stuff like that. It's huge, but the ramp is not really um, a quarter. It's like almost a bank, you know. It doesn't push you really. It's super mellow. Up. Yeah, it's super mellow, and it's it's strange. It's it's very good, but it's nothing to compare. Nitro Circus is like a proper front box quarter pipe, but three times higher and with you know the the distances you you know so this is what i i love the most about nitro circus this ramp is unbelievable like you you go so high you go so far the feeling like when i did it for the first time it was i think it was maybe the first time i had this uh, this feeling while skating like this new feeling i mean i was like <laughs> you know like like stupid like <laughs> The feeling you you don't discover so many times in your life, you know, like this first time feeling. And I had this. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I realized it was because it was combining my my two patients, uh, patient, which is like skating and cliff diving. I was it was a mix of both of it because I was on my skate obviously doing a ramp, so it's the skate is the skating part and just throwing this. But then in the air, it was all about cliff diving because it's so much time in the air that I was like, I was not throwing the spin. I was just going and then. Okay, I go. Oh, hey, I'm here. Okay, I go for another one. So that's the <laughs> thing I do in, in cliff diving. Oh, one more, one more. We still have time. Yeah, that's what you do in cliff diving. You know, you just spot, you just spot the landing. You go pretty slow, and then you spot it again. So you you control and reduce or accelerate. And that was that was it on the nitro circus. It's so big. So on the beginning, it's really scary because we're not used of landing from that high and that far. But once you started to be able to handle those those uh, those pressure, then it's it's amazing because it's really well made. As I was saying, you you don't realize you're going so fast. Pro props to Hafi who did it like fakey. I've been skating the Nitro Circus ramp two times now. The last time was uh, I, I did a second show in Los Angeles uh, during my last trip, and I'm always thinking about this when I'm on this ramp. Like I'm I'm pretty good at, at fakey. I, I mean. 
I would not, I would not think about it for now. I don't understand, man. It's, no, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's crazy. It, 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 it's crazy to think about skating that ramp because there's doesn't Fake. seem like much to test. You know? Yeah, you, it's, there's it's, no it's test. Not, it's just a hole, like you said. I like I like that reference. It's just a hole between yeah. like where you launch. There's a you, couple of mattresses. If you go that enough far. Oh, if you make it, there's a mattress. No, I mean. On the, under. Yeah, there's a mattress right before. Like if you don't make it from close, you land on the mattress. But if you don't make it at all, there's no mattress, so you gotta. So you gotta get to the mattress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I saw a clip of a skateboarder going like speed wobbles down it and went off to the side yeah. and landed flat bottom from like 20 feet in the air. Yeah, or took like some that. gnarly ones. Yeah. yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah, I remember this one. Mm. Um, do we think we need a, a talk to Yo-Yo about getting a mega ramp at at Winter Clash? <laughs> that's the hell of an organization, but yeah, I think it would make a nice show. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's funny. Like I, I can relate to what you're talking about because I've only skated the what it, the small one at Woodward East, yeah. and I I couldn't 360 it because I'm like, okay, let's do a 360, and you're just like, oh like, shit, I still have time, so you just keep going to back. I thought you skated the big one at Woodward West, no? No, I didn't skate that. You just went there. I just went there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have the heart to do it. That was like my dream to skate <laughs> the one at Woodward West. I always wanted to send it. The mini one at Woodward East, it's like fun. Yeah. And it's like makes you. Like it gets you thirsty to skate the mm -hmm. real one, you know. That's why I wanted to skate the Nitro Circus. I, I think the one from Woodward West is like more dangerous. I not dangerous because it, it looks really well made, but more impressive and more and harder to skate. So I, I have some good some friends that are good skate park skaters, and they didn't even went through it. Yeah, front side like. No, it, they, it, sorry, it, it's huge. It's it, fucking huge. It's so much different doing a trick at that speed. Yeah, you know what I mean. When you're just like skating yeah. Yeah, a ledge we, or whatever, yeah. you're just like casual speed. But when you're going, bombing down a mountain or mm -hmm. down a huge start ramp, and then you have to do a trick at that super exactly. high speed. Exactly. At, at this game. speed and this high, we're not wearing skis. We're wearing fucking shoes. Yeah. It's that's the that's the difference. It's kind of crazy. It's like sneakers with wheels, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the fast shoes. Great video. But wow, that was a good video. But um, we're 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 getting down to uh, the end of the podcast now. Do you have any goals in the future of like where you would like to see skating go, your own skating go, or skating as a whole? As um, only the the project I'm I'm been dreaming for years now, which is mostly street section, once in Paris, one worldwide one. So, yeah, there's I have a lot a lot in mind. I know I'm probably not gonna go through all of this, but I have so much that if I go even half of it, I, I'd be happy. And yeah, my goal is just to to stay healthy and long enough, healthy enough and long enough to to uh, achieve some part of it. And that, I think that's all about my goals. Then I, I'm also a poker player, so I'd like to to win some proper big tournaments and stuff like that. But right now I don't, I, I'm the priority is skating. You're a poker player. Yeah. Oh shit. You could do that and skate. Uh, you too. I, I do too, but it's it's. I got Wait. beat up too hard. It's. All I, I went to play in a commerce casino in LA. Did you? And my friend told me he he ran into you at some point over there. I think. Was it Brandon? Yeah, and yeah, Green. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You guys yes. have casino, buddy. Next next time you come out, we'll we'll go play. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. I'll be back. I'll be back between uh between FM Invitational and Carrier's Open. And probably for Blading Cup, I'll be around. Oh, cool. We'll definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, Dick. I didn't even know, but from what I heard, like LA is even better known for poker than Vegas. It's crazy. Yeah. Commerce Casino is. I didn't shit. know that. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Um. Oh. Um. 
cliff jumping. I didn't know that that was a hobby of yours. So do you have like locations and how did you get into that? I get into that like randomly when I was a kid. My my cousin was the same age as me. Was already doing ski with his father, who was an old pro skier, alpine skier, free free, free ride free ride skier. So my cousin was already into it, and yeah, I was hanging with them every summer. So my parents were letting me hanging with him and his father because they knew his father can handle it, and he was knowing what he was doing. So we were pretty free, you know. So and we were like. Going, going crazy, jumping from trampoline to to swimming pool, from the rocks, from the from the cliff, on the sea, on the seaside. Uh, because all my family live in the south of France, so every summer we were out there, and that that's how I that's how I, I started to go upside down, basically. And yeah, I just I just love it and keep did it like growing up. And yeah, that that's just a passion. I'm I'm far from being pro on that. I know like. I, I won't go more than like 18 meters or 20 meters. I don't know how many feet would be. Yeah, but it's like 60 feet. It's pretty high. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty high. But that's what you can. I I think that's what you can handle in, in, in like in a. If you're not a pro, you can handle this because you you can fall bad from this. Yeah, you can get hurt. You can get hurt, but you you probably won't die. But if you go higher and you're not a pro in this, it's kind of like putting your life on the on the spot. So I'm just taking it easy because yeah, the the more I grew up, the more I. I don't want to risk anything more than skating, you know? I'm already risking a lot when skating all the time that I don't want to lose time and getting hurt like by skiing or by doing whatever else, so. Skating is the priority. And we're just- It's the priority to get hurt. We're going to take it easy <laughs> no. and just only do 20 meters, that's it. Yeah. We're going to be calm about it. Exactly, only that's 20 meters, 20 so meters. Massive. I'm like looking at the window now at like what that would be. It's like the top of these buildings. Um, <laughs> Julian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to say Shout out anything before we get going here? Uh, the only thing comes to my mind is my pro wheel is going to be out, and I think you can already check it out at the Cimadix booth. So if you enjoy the part and enjoy the, the brands or want to discover it, you're welcome. I, I'll be over there with the guys hanging out if you want to talk or whatever. And yeah, thank you everyone for, for coming. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you guys yeah. for having me. Hell yeah. Guys, let's thank give you. it up for Julian Cadell. Thank you, Billy. Really.